Hello and welcome to the Heredity Podcast with me, Dr. James Bergen. Wolves are one of the most iconic, beloved, and feared animals out there, and their long contentious history with humans has seen them eradicated from much of their former range. However, in Europe, they're making a bit of a comeback, and in today's episode, we're going to hear about one successful natural return, as we discuss the recent Heredity paper, How the West Was Won, Genetic Reconstruction of Rapid Wolf Recolonization into Germany's Anthropogenic Landscapes. This is a fascinating paper with broad implications for conservation efforts in human-dominated landscapes. Can you please introduce yourself? My name is Anne Jarausch. I'm a PhD student at the Senckenberg Research Institute and uh, also at the University of Frankfurt. And uh, yeah, I worked on this project. Fantastic. Well, welcome to the podcast. This is a really interesting paper. And to start off, I wonder if you could just give us a general overview on what it's about. Our genetic study shows the rapid expansion of wolves in Germany. Wolves have spread since 2000 in the same way as in regions, for example, of Scandinavia and North America. To reconstruct how the wolves recolonized their historic ranges, more than 1,300 genetic samples were analyzed in the study. Mm, fantastic. And as soon as you say wolves, I think a lot of people get fairly excited and very interested. And I wonder if you could just tell us a bit about the history of wolves in Germany. So why did they disappear and how are they now recolonizing? Wolves are currently recolonizing their historic ranges within several human-dominated landscapes in Germany. Following massive persecution and eradication, strict legal protection facilitated a successful re-establishment of wolf packs in Germany. The first wolf pack was confirmed in 2000 in the eastern part of Germany after more than 150 years without resident wolves. Since then, the population expanded and is now recognized as the um, Central European population spreading across mainly northern Germany and western Poland with single individuals dispersing to Denmark. Distant areas are recolonized by wolves due to their high dispersal ability with jump dispersal events of over 300 kilometers. Genetic comparisons suggest that the Central European population likely derived from long-distance dispersals from the Baltic wolf population in northeastern Poland. Mm. Well, it's, it's really interesting. And I guess I'm curious as to exactly what it was that you set out to do in this study. Um, yeah, considering the large distance of more than 400 kilometers to the source population in eastern Poland, as well as the dispersal patterns known for wolves in other areas, including Poland, we predicted that we would find an initial founder effect in the early colonization phase and that recolonization would follow a similar process to that found in other areas, uh, for example in Scandinavia or North America. This process typically starts with an initial pack from which the offspring disperse into neighboring areas. The local dispersers of the original pack then usually reproduce with newly immigrated individuals. We also expected that uh, gene flow and dispersal among packs would predominantly male-biased. Moreover, we suppose that genetic diversity would be lower and inbreeding levels would be higher of the recolonizing population compared to larger persistent 
European wolf populations. Based on pedigree data, we uh, survey trends in genetic diversity, inbreeding, and population structure. Mm. And I guess one thing that I'm curious about is how you collected your DNA samples, because presumably you weren't out catching wolves. So where did they come from? Um, yeah, so I didn't collect the samples by myself. Within the European Union, where Germany is a member state, the wolf is under the conservation legislation of the EU Habitats Directive with the overall goal of reaching the favorable conservation status. The conservation status of the wolf as priority species needs to be monitored by the member states. And the main monitoring methods used in Germany are present sign surveys in combination with camera trapping and genetic analyses. The major objectives of the German wolf monitoring are the annual assessment of the area of occurrence and the population size given as the minimum number of packs, including reproductions, scent marking pairs and territorial single wolves. In Germany, all wolf monitoring activities are coordinated and conducted by the 16 federal states following the German monitoring standards for large carnivores, where genetic analyses constitute a key part. Searching for genetic samples such as scats or urine traces is usually conducted on regional scales by a network of trained persons coordinated by the responsible state environmental agencies. In the study, 12 out of 16 uh, German federal states uh, provided samples and further information. So this is a really huge project then? Yeah, it's a big project and uh, complex and difficult. It sounds it, particularly when you get to the EU level, I'm sure it's incredibly complicated. But you were able to collect quite a lot of DNA samples, and I'm really curious about what it is that you then did with them. So once you got them back to the lab, what was it that you were doing? Um, yeah, in the lab, uh, we first extracted the DNA, followed by mitochondrial DNA control region sequencing. For genotyping, we used 13 uh, microsatellites plus two sex markers, and the study is based on more than one 1,300 mostly non-invasively collected samples. Then various analyses followed for pack and pedigree reconstruction. Genetic data were combined with additional information recorded in the frame of the National Wolf Monitoring, including spatio-temporal data on, for example, wolf occurrence, territories, social status of individuals, or evidence of reproductions. Further analyses on genetic diversity, inbreeding, or breeder dispersal were also performed. We used uh, wolf samples that were collected throughout Germany between January 2003 and April 2016 in the frame of the federal state-based long-term monitoring activities. In this study, SCATs made up most of the genetic material used for monitoring purposes and were generally collected all year-round during the presence uh, science surveys. Other frequently collected sample types were hair, for example from daybeds, urine and blood stains collected while snow tracking. Saliva traces were collected from livestock and wild ungulate kills. 
tissue samples were collected from wolf carcasses and yeah, for example, blood, hair, or saliva samples were collected from wolves captured for radio coloring. Wow, that's an incredible diversity of sample types. You've really exploited every possible opportunity to get wolf DNA. And I guess with a study like this, there's obviously a lot going on, and I'm sure there's tons of results that you're getting out of it. But I wonder what your key findings in this paper were. The study documents an ongoing rapid and natural wolf population expansion in an intensively used cultural landscape in Germany. We observed signs of a founder effect and a colonization process in Germany similar to that found in other areas, for example in Scandinavia or in North America. We also detected that gene flow and dispersal among packs were predominantly male-biased, while Average dispersal distances did not differ by sex among dispersing individuals. Breeding with close relatives is regular and none of the six male wolves originating from the Italian alpine population reproduced. However, moderate genetic diversity and inbreeding levels of the recolonizing population are preserved by high sociality dispersal among packs and several immigration events. We found moderate genetic diversity and inbreeding levels of the recolonizing population compared to other European wolf populations. Hmm, interesting. And you're talking there about other European wolf populations, and you've mentioned North America a couple of times. And I wonder what you think this study tells us about the outlook for wolves in Germany. Well, our results demonstrate an ongoing rapid and natural wolf population expansion in an intensively used cultural landscape in Germany. Although anthropogenic mortality, for example, traffic or poaching is high, the presence of large areas of still unoccupied suitable habitat with high densities of wild ungulates in combination with the strict legal protection provides favorable conditions for a further expansion of the wolf population. Wolves don't need uh, wilderness areas. They can also coexist with humans in cultural landscapes. Hmm, interesting. And I guess the last thing I wanted to ask you about is the broader message in this paper. So obviously with wolves, there's the potential for a lot of human-wildlife conflict in human-dominated landscapes. So I wonder what you think this paper tells us more broadly about large mammal conservation in these human-dominated areas. Um, Yeah, wilderness areas are rapidly declining across the planet, while available habitats and population numbers of large mammals shrink globally. Large carnivores, for instance, are globally threatened due to their lethal persecution by humans in reaction to livestock predation, as well as the reduction of habitats and prey availability. In the current anthropogenic age, one important way to protect large animals, including large carnivores, may be to foster human wildlife coexistence within the same landscapes. Ideally, such a strategy requires co-adaptation by humans and wolves involving an effective human-wildlife conflict management. In Europe, for instance, several large carnivore populations, for example, brown bear, grey wolf, lynx and wolverine, continuously grow due to effective conservation measures and socio-economic changes. Although the rewilding in Europe 
with large mammal species has raised public and scientific interest. Yeah, detailed knowledge about the pattern of range and population expansion into Germany, uh, into human dominated landscapes is still limited. And yeah, so our results demonstrate an ongoing rapid and natural wolf population expansion in an intensively used cultural landscape in Germany. Mm. Well, it's a very interesting paper, and I hope that people will now go and give it a read and learn some very important lessons from it. And just to finish up, I wonder if you could remind people listening what your paper is called. And also, I know a lot of people have helped produce this work. So if you could just tell us about your co-authors or anyone else who deserves a mention. The paper is called How the West Was One Genetic Reconstruction of Rapid Wolf Recolonization into Germany's Anthropogenic Landscapes. My co-authors are Verena Harms, Gesa Knut, Ilka Reinhardt and Carsten Novak. The study was funded through the Wolf Genetics Analysis Service in the frame of the genetic wolf monitoring at the Senckenberg Conservation Genetics Section in Gelnhausen in Germany. We are grateful to Hermann Ansorge for the project support. Many thanks to the environmental ministries and the nature conservation authorities of the federal states for providing wolf samples and additional information. Special thanks go to all members of the Senckenberg Conservation Genetics Group who worked in the Wolf Genetics Analysis Service. Mm, perfect. Well, thank you very much for joining me. Yeah, thank you too. Thanks to Anna. You can find her paper on the Heredity website. That's nature.com forward slash hdy. While you're there, you can also check out how to submit your own papers to the journal. Heredity is the official journal of the Genetic Society. You can subscribe to the Heredity Podcast wherever you get your podcasts, and you can follow us on Twitter. That's at Heredity Journal. If you want to get in touch with me directly, drop me an email at hereditypodcast.gen at gmail.com. I'm James Bergen. Thanks for listening.